Everybody and welcome back to another episode of American Soccer Quick Kicks. I'm your host David Wright. And I'm here once again to talk about the Gold Cup. Hope you enjoyed the past weekend. It was an amazing weekend of soccer. We finally saw Lionel Messi win a trophy for Argentina. It was the one thing missing from his career that he's now been able to accomplish with the victory over Brazil. And we saw Italy squeeze past England on Sunday in the Euros final. And in the middle of all that, we had Gold Cup getting started. Mexico stumbled out of the gate. They dominated play against Trinidad and Tobago, and they were peppering the goal all night long, and they just could never get the right final touch. And they ended up drawing with Trinidad and Tobago 0-0 in what was a very exciting game of can the underdog sustain this pressure for the entire match? And that's exactly what they were able to do. And then on Sunday, the United States were able to squeeze past Haiti by a score of 1-0. On one hand, Haiti is stronger than perhaps people want to give them credit for. Those that don't remember, they actually reached the semifinals in the last Gold Cup in 2019. However, as COVID continues to be an enemy for everyone in this tournament, Haiti had five of their players scratched from their roster because of positive COVID tests. So this was a depleted squad that the United States faced, and they had their hands full. It was an up-and-down match for the United States. At times, they looked like they were in control, but then at other times, they didn't look like they had much of an idea of what they wanted to do going forward. So the United States did win the match 1-0 on the strength of a Sam Vines goal in the eighth minute. Vines is a defender for the Colorado Rapids. At the time the roster was announced, manager Greg Berhalter admitted publicly that it was a squad that was light on wingers. And now we are in a little bit of trouble because Paul Ariola, who has started on the right wing and had just come back from a year-long absence with an ACL injury, he went down with what appeared to be a hamstring injury in the first half, I think after just about 14 minutes. And he was our right winger. And now we're kind of stuck with what to do with outside play. Uh, Jokini was brought in as a sub, but he actually didn't even make it the rest of the match. He was subbed on for Areola, and then he was subbed out before the match was over, which is usually not a real good indicator of how he may have performed. And then over on the left wing side, Jonathan Lewis did not have a very strong game at all. So Berhalter's got some decisions to make. He wants to play in a 4-3-3 which means a single striker with two wingers. However, before that game was even over, he had taken off a winger and had gone and changed the shape to playing with two up top with Daryl DK coming on to join starter Giazzi Zardes. So we're not used to playing in that formation. And it almost looks like Berhalter felt like he had to do that because of the players he had available and the roster he's put together for this and just trying to preserve that 1-0 lead in the latter stages of the match. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to go back to that 4-3-3 with a single striker, or if he's going to somehow on the fly with a team that's not used to playing together, they haven't been together very long, in the middle of this tournament, in the middle of this camp, now changing the shape to something that Berhalter doesn't really want to use. You know, that's another goal is he wants to kind of unify play among the different squads he puts together, the different competitions they play in. He wants everybody to know the same system because these are guys he'd like to be able to call on to plug and play into a World Cup qualifying match here over the next several months as we face those opponents in CONCACAF. So it's going to be real interesting to see what he does. And we're, we're in a little bit of a, of a tight spot with wingers. So I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. 
We started Jackson Yule at the number six position. That's a spot I said to keep an eye on. He did not do much to, to spark attack or to begin uh, that transition to offense with those decisive passes from deep, which is what he used to do for the United States in his early appearances. But he's kind of slacked off recently, and a lot of people are believing that he may have played himself out of this squad. What, what I do know, I won't weigh in on that, but what I do know is that Jean-Luc Abusio came came on in his place in the second half, and the United States immediately looked better. Now, it was helped by the atmosphere in the stadium because Abusio was playing in front of the sporting Kansas City fans. He plays for Kansas City in MLS, and so they were cheering for every touch on the ball. But the fact is, he did look electric every time he had it. And he's one of those players that when he has the ball, you just have to watch because you feel like something's going to happen. So I personally hope that we see Busio start in the next game. And I don't know what's going to happen on the wings. I have a feeling we may see two new wingers. I think we're going to go back to a 4-3-3, and I expect to see Christian Roldan playing on the right wing. That's my prediction. We'll see. He generally plays a central role for Seattle, but he can play outside, and we've seen him do it before. And then on the left side, we may see Matthew Hoppe get the start over Jonathan Lewis. Now, the only question then becomes, who's starting that single striker position? Zardes is a tried-and-true Burhalter man, but DK needs an opportunity, I believe, to show that he can play with the starters, and we need a number nine, a dominant number nine, to emerge from our pool. And DK has every indicator that he could be that person, so I say give him as many minutes as possible, and I hope that we do start DK, but I just don't know what's going to happen there. So the subs that Burhalter brought on in the second half are players that fans really want to see a lot of. Not only are we talking about Gianluca Busio and Daryl DK, but also Eric Williamson and James Sands. All four of them made positive impacts on the match. I don't know how many of them we're going to see start. I do hope, I do expect to see Busio start. I do hope that we see DK start. But these are players that are up and coming and that are catching Burhalter's eye, and we'll see how many minutes they get. So considering that we had our hands full with Haiti and considering that this is about our C squad and now we're hurting in some spots on the field, particularly at winger, I don't know how well we're going to do in this tournament. I do think by getting the three points in this first match that we will advance to the knockout stages because our next match is against Martinique, which is also a match we should win. And with those six points, we would advance. I don't think we have enough quality to get past Canada, which will be our third group stage match. And I don't give us any hopes uh, in the next round. I don't think we're going to make it past the quarterfinals. Make no mistake that the runaway clear favorite for this tournament is Mexico. They are not only the giant of CONCACAF anyway, but unlike the United States, they are bringing their top players. They are bringing their World Cup qualifying guys that they're going with for the qualifying matches coming up. It's the same top squad that gave the United States all the trouble they can handle in the Nations League final. They are coming back with a vengeance in the Gold Cup, and they are wanting to win this. They're calling out the U.S. for not bringing their top guys, and you need to understand that they're under a tremendous amount of pressure. So they're already expected, kind of culturally, to win everything in CONCACAF. On top of that, they're coming with their big boys, and the United States is not. So they are expected to win this. And by not getting a win in their first match of the Gold Cup, by playing to a 0-0 draw against Trinidad and Tobago, that pressure only cranks up higher. And manager Tata Martino is now pretty much, his, his seat is getting kind of warm. If he doesn't win the Gold Cup completely and lift the trophy at the end, he may not be around any longer. He may not be the manager that's going to take them through World Cup qualifying. So there's a lot of pressure on Mexico to win this. But make no mistake, I believe they are the favorite. And I think 
think they will win it. Canada is better than they have perhaps ever been. They are loaded with talent. Now, their best player, and perhaps the best player in CONCACAF, Alfonso Davies, who is an MLS product who came out of Vancouver and is now playing for Bayern Munich and has lifted the UEFA Champions League trophy with them. He was supposed to play in this, and he came into camp, and he got hurt and took a knock. So he's gone back to Germany, and so Canada is missing their best player, and they're missing one of their other top players, Jonathan David, but they have absolutely everybody else. So Canada is giving this their A-squad best effort. Now, that doesn't quite match what Mexico's talent level is. So when they, if they do meet later in this tournament, Mexico's still going to be the favorite. The United States, they're just trying to figure out what players they have that can contribute to the World Cup qualifying. That's really the ultimate goal here is let's don't mess up World Cup qualifying. So Gold Cup group play continues to go roll on through this week. We just had Qatar play As I record this on Wednesday, we just had Qatar play last night, Tuesday night, in the most entertaining match so far in the tournament in a 3-3 draw with Panama. It was an insane second half with six goals all being scored within 30 minutes of each other, all in the second half. Qatar, according to FIFA World Rankings, is the third best team in this field. And so they're going to be a handful, and they, uh, they have the talent, the capability to come over here to CONCACAF and steal this tournament from us. So I have to see what happens there. Now, Mexico returns to play tonight. They're playing Guatemala. On tomorrow night, Thursday night, we have Canada playing Haiti at 7.30 Eastern time, followed by the United States against Martinique at 9.30 Eastern time. Both of these matches are on FS1. So that'll do it for this episode of American Soccer Quick Kicks. I hope you'll tune in and join me in continuing to watch the action from this amazing, jam-packed summer of soccer. And I'll talk to you next time.